I always say a prayer of thanksgiving for our fantastic band. So let's start off with just kind of a personal story. First of all, I want to thank you all for being here today. I hope you are ready to experience some of God's grace and love. Amen. Amen. So I'm praying, but you know, I do that a bit. I'm a preacher. And, uh, but it's a usual set of prayers this last week. I'm praying, Lord, help this day to go well. Lord, help my wife as she tries to teach for eight hours on Zoom to third graders with attention span of a squirrel. <laughs> Lord, help my 17-year-old son have career goals beyond living in a van down by the river. <laughs> That's a serious prayer. Lord, help me forgive my Catholic neighbors who threw fireworks over the fence. That, that's true. Lord, get me through this day. Lord, help me pay my bills. Lord, help the hurricane miss Corpus. Help those in its path. Lord, help me to be better than I am. Lord, help me to be a good dad, a good, a good pastor, a good husband. Lord, speaking of work, Lord, help me to write a short sermon. Or at least a really good long one. Amen. Amen? I got an amen. So I'm trying to tell you I'm praying every day normal prayers. And I hear God speak. And when God speaks, you should listen. Now, this doesn't always happen. It's actually kind of rare because usually it's like a thought, but it's like a voice. I know you think I'm nuts because I'm hearing voices, but God spoke to me this last week, and God said these remarkable words, John, remember what your mother told you, and I'm like, I'm a little bit deaf, and I'm like, say that again? God says, remember what your mother told you, huh? So I quit praying, and I'm thinking about all the things my mom has said to me. Let's see. Wait till I tell your father. If you fall out of that tree and break both legs, don't come running to me. (laughs) Boys don't have brains until they're 21. That's the last time I'm going to tell you to take out the garbage. You're not listening to me, John. Someday I'm going to say something important, and you better listen to me. And my mom often said, I love you. But none of those seem to be what God is saying to me. I'm a military brat, right? I, moved, I grew up, we, we moved uh, like a lot, like, I don't know, 14 times or something like that. After 10 times, you don't even count anymore. I remember one time we were going from Virginia to Nebraska. And my dad and my mom were loaded up the cars and they decided to drive both cars. And I'm a nine-year-old brat. And I asked my dad, how will we keep from getting separated we're taking two cars. My dad reassured me, we'll drive slowly. One car can follow the other. But I persisted, what if we get separated? And my dad said, well, then I guess we'll never see each other again. (laughs) To which I said, I'm riding with mom. (laughs) Just teasing dad. I know he's watching right now. Remember what your mother told you. What? Can we stop with the riddles, God? Have you ever said that to God? Can we just not have a riddle today? Can it not be a puzzle? Can you just tell me? You ever said that prayer? So it's about 10 o'clock that night, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm doing something constructive, scrolling through Facebook. And again, 
a voice. Remember what your mother told you. So I'm like, okay, God, I need a little help here. So I get up, and I get out something I've created since my mom passed. And it's, uh, I think everyone, if you've, if you've lost a loved one, you should have this. I have a, I have a mom box with everything. It, it's nothing fancy. It's a shoe box. It's nothing fancy. But it's got everything my mom's given me. Birthday cards, letters, mementos, all kinds of stuff. And I start digging through this box. And I find this letter from 30 years ago that she wrote to me right after I told her I felt called to go into ministry. Right after I told my mom, I felt God called me to be a pastor. And it's almost like I, when I got the letter, it was like, this is it. This is what you need to read. Are you with me? So I know this is a very personal story, but so I started reading this letter from 30 years ago. 30 years ago, she said, some things in the letter I won't share, <laughs> but she said, John, I knew, always knew God was going to use you, even though you were the one kid who gave us the most trouble growing up. <laughs> Believe me, John, you led me to many tears and many prayers, many a night. Okay, this is not good. Is this what God wanted me to read again? <laughs> She continued, I, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed every day for you to come around and I think you're finally coming around. And then she wrote these words and when I read them, I knew that's what God wanted me to read again. And that's what God wanted me to hear from 30 years. Because you know, you don't always remember stuff people tell you 30 years ago. And she wrote these words, make sure you always pray God-sized prayers, John. Make sure your prayers are always God-sized. Remember, with God, all things are possible. And she continues, because she loved music, right? She said, as the gospel song says, God's got a bigger thing going on than these little old eyes can see. So make sure you pray bigger prayers. Keep your eyes on eternity. You've got a role to play. Make sure God can count on you. And when I read those words, I... I was just... Sorry, I, I told myself, don't get emotional. No. <laughs> Myself's not listening. And I said, I'm sorry, Mom. I've forgotten what you encouraged me to do. I haven't always prayed God-sized prayers. Don't forget what your mom told you. Pray God-sized prayers. So God spoke to me this week. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's little ways, but sometimes God really can't speak to you directly. And God's like, have you put boundaries on your prayers? Are your prayers in Spanish? Can someone help me say this? I know Claire, Claire, you're in the room. It, 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 how do you say it, Claire? How do you say it without boundaries? Say it in Spanish for us. Sin limitis, yes. Did I say that right? Oh, I've been practicing all week. <laughs> I've been in my phone, Siri, say no boundaries in Spanish. <laughs> Sin limitis. Are you praying God says prayers? Now, why would my mom say that? I thought about that this week. Why does it matter how you pray? I mean, what does it matter? Well, how you pray will determine what kind of life you live. Ordinary get-by prayers, most likely you'll have an ordinary small get-by life. 
But when you have the boldness to ask God big things, you ask God to open doors that would normally not be open, when you ask him to take you further than anyone in your family, when you pray God-sized prayers, you will see the greatness of God's power. I believe that. Someone can say amen now, anytime now. And actually, if you, I began to look at this through Scripture because this became the, the impetus for this message today. And I began to look at outrageous prayers. Elijah prayed it wouldn't rain. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. Joshua prayed for more daylight. God stopped the sun. One prophet prayed for protection. The, the enemy didn't see him. He was invisible right in front of him the whole time. God made him invisible. The common denominator is what? They asked for the unthinkable. So when's the last time you asked God to do something unthinkable in your life? Impossible. Something out of the ordinary? Remember what your mom told you, John. That's the whole basis for this message. A letter written 30 years ago. My mom is going to speak to my heart and my life and yours today. One reason we don't see God do great things is because most of us, what do we do? We pray over food, right? Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks God for the grub. It's a good prayer. Pray for protection, pray for wisdom. That's good, but sometimes we limit what God can do. There should be something you're praying about, something you're asking God for that seems far out. That if it happens, the only way it'll happen is because God made it happen, not because of you. Then you get to see God. You don't have the funding. You don't have the connections. And you can go to God and you can say, God, I dare you to help bring it to pass. I dare you to show me a flood of your favor. Somebody say amen. Come on. A lot of times we pray, what? Oh, my child's off course. I'm worried about my kid. If you just turn them around, that's a good ordinary prayer. And ordinary prayers get ordinary results, but God meets us at our level of faith. If you're asked small, you're going to receive small. The Baptist taught me when I was growing up, if you, if you bring a thimble to God and ask God to fill it, he'll fill it. But if you bring a bucket to God and ask him to fill it, he'll fill it. A lot of you like specialize in thimbles. A God-sized prayer is, God, I'm not asking you to only turn my child around, but use him in a great way or use her in a great way. Let, let them make a difference. An ordinary prayer is, God, help me to get by this month. God, help me to pay my rent. There's nothing wrong with that, but a God-sized prayer is, God, I'm asking you to increase me in such a way that I not only pay off my house, but I help someone else pay their house off too. I guarantee you, ain't no one prayed that prayer in here. <laughs> God, help me to pay off someone else's house. What? Pastor John is hearing voices. God, help me. Help me just to keep up with how good my parents did, or at least not lose any ground. That's an ordinary prayer. But a God-sized prayer is, God, help me to take our family to a new level. Let me set a new standard. When people look back 100 years from now, they'll say, God, use that woman. God, use that man. But I wonder how many of your prayers are not simply being answered because you just say, well, John, God's God, and if he wants to bless me, he'll bless me. But James, the brother of Jesus, who didn't believe in Jesus until he was resurrected from the dead, James says in 4.2, you have not because you ask not. I remember one time, Jacob wanted to take a young lady friend out to the movies, and he had just gotten his license. 
He was 17 years old, and he needed some money and the car keys to take a young gal that he was interested in dating out to the movies. So he came up to me, and he says, hey, Dad, can, can I borrow 30 bucks, and can I take the car out tonight? And, and I need to leave in the next 20 minutes. Is that okay? And I said, sure. My, my wallet's there. You get 30 bucks out of that, and the keys are there. And he starts heading in the opposite direction. I said, no, 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 the, the wallet and keys is in the kitchen. He's like, I already got the 30 bucks and the keys, Dad. I knew you'd say yes. <laughs> but here's what I, you, know, you laugh at that, but I love that because what does that say? I know my father. I know he wants to bless me. I know he wants to give me the good things. I know my father's going to say yes. And we should pray in the same way. Because God's not like, well, here comes my kid again asking for something else. No, he loves you. The scriptures say, when you walk in God's ways, you'll lend and not borrow. With long life, God will satisfy you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There are hundreds of promises that if you, you have the right to pray, and they're God-sized, and ask God to bring it to pass. Plus, there are specific dreams and desires that God's only placed in your heart. And they just didn't randomly show up. The creator put them there in you. That's part of your divine destiny. In Psalms, it talks about the secret petitions of our hearts. The hidden dreams that are the ones that you know that they're from, they're from God because they're so big you cannot accomplish them on your own. God does this on purpose so we'll take faith so that God can show up. If you never pray and, and leave room for God to show up, in other words, if you just do what you know you can do, so what? Well, a lot of times this is what we do. Oh, God would use someone a lot holier than me, a lot better, a lot more like Jesus than me. Why would God work through little me? I'll give you an example of this. A couple weeks ago, I got invited to a person's house through a friend of a friend of a friend through this uh, it's just this ministry group, and uh, anyway, I won't go into it, but this guy owns a house on Ocean Drive, and he doesn't pay mortgage, he owns it. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between saying you live on Ocean Drive and you own a house on Ocean Drive. And he's not on the low-rent side. Like, if you drive down Ocean Drive, the low-rent side, what side is that? That's the left side. You got the road in front of you and another set of houses. Those are the $300,000 houses. The ones on the right side, that's the high rent side. That's the $3 million houses, right? He lived on the right side. He's quite wealthy. And I got invited through a friend of a friend of a friend. And I just really, I really went there, honestly. Renee asked me, why are you going to this? I go, I want to see how a millionaire lives. I know I live in the crossing of the king, but I want to see where the king lives. He don't cross, he just crosses through my neighborhood. He lives down on Ocean Drive. I go in this house and it's like spectacular. I'm like secretly filming it to show Renee later on the camera. <laughs> they have all these, I, I sure hope the king's not watching right now. I'll never get invited back, but anyway. They have these paintings on the wall. Honestly, they were not that impressive to me. In fact, some of them look like they've been painted by some kids. 
I've seen artwork at our school better. Very abstract, very modern, very paint thrown here and there. But later that evening, the king of the house says, oh, yes, we paid over $1 million for one of those paintings. So I looked again and I said, you know what? They are beautiful, really. Quite impressive. And I think I heard him correctly. I'm a little bit hard of hearing, but one was a Picasso. What? Picasso? I went home that night and laid in bed and I thought, wow, it's not so much what the painting looks like, it's who the painter is, right? The painting gets its value from its creator. Right? Because if I just saw if I saw that painting at a garage sale, I wouldn't have paid 10 bucks for it. I don't know art, obviously. But in the same way, our value doesn't come because of what we look like or what we do or what we know. It, it comes from that fact that Almighty God is our painter. I know some of y'all stand in the mirror and you're like, you know, I could have used a little more of this. But don't criticize what God has created. Accept yourself. Approve yourself. You're not an accident. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully means like awesome, like incredible, like wow. Not like I'm afraid. I wonder what would happen if all through the day, instead of putting ourselves down, instead of listening to the negative voices that we listen to, if you went around saying this, I'm a masterpiece. I'm wonderfully made. I'm talented. I'm an original. I'm painted by someone better than Picasso, the creator. See, the enemy doesn't want you to feel good about yourself. The enemy wants you to think when you go to God, ask God for the car keys, he's going to say no. Because you're too ugly. Or you're too short. Or you're too fat. Or you're not talented enough. Or you can't speak well. And the enemy would love you to go through life listening to the nagging voices reminding you of everything you're not. But what if you woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to pray some God's eyes prayers because I'm made and painted by the creator of the world. David did this, Psalm 139. God, I praise you because I've been made in an amazing way. What you've done is wonderful. You know, when you fall in love with someone, you say that to them, don't you? You're wonderful. You're a masterpiece. You don't go up to them and go, you know, you could afford to, you know, do some things over here. I won't even say it. How many of us are bold enough to be like David? God will use you to work through you to do great things through you, not because of, not because of who you are, but because of who God is. See, it's not about us. But you've got to pray for it. You've got to believe it. You've got to reach for it. Somebody say amen. Amen. Man. Could I believe in myself like my mom believed in me 30 years ago? Enough to pray God's highest prayers? There's this little boy, and he had this big bully that always was bullying him on the street, and it was bothering him, and he was trying to get up the nerve to stand up to the bully. Just a little boy, a little skinny kid. But he was too afraid, didn't have the confidence, and one day his mother bought him a telescope. And he's in the front yard playing with the telescope, but he was, he was looking through the wrong end of the telescope. He was looking through the big side. 
And his mom came out and said, no, no, son, you're supposed to look through the little side. You're, you're doing it backwards. Turn it around and everything will look bigger like it was designed to do if you look through the little piece. He said, mom, I know right now, but I'm looking at this bully. And when I look at him this way, it makes him look so small. I'm not afraid of him anymore. Maybe you need to turn your telescope around. You've magnified that problem long enough. You've talked about how impossible it is long enough, and you've forgotten to pray a God-sized prayer. But if you turn the telescope around, you'll see from the right perspective, you realize that it's nothing for God. It's not like God goes, well, I don't think I can do that. True story, this was in the papers that came out of a right out of where Renee grew up in Bryan College Station. It's a pretty amazing story. There's a seven-year-old girl named Jamie. And, you know, Jesus told us to have faith like a child. She lived on a farm with her family, and they had a cow that was about to give birth. And her father had already told the family that they were not going to keep any more cows. No, every time once a calf was born, they'd sell it. But for some reason, little Jamie really wanted to keep this cow. It was a desire of her heart. She started pleading and pleading with her father, Daddy, please let me keep the next calf that's born. Please make an exception. After a couple weeks, her father was worn down. He said, Jamie, I'll make a deal with you. If the calf is born black, then you can keep it. But like the rest of our cattle, they're all white, so we're probably going to give it away. Well, Jamie didn't know any better. She started praying every night, God, I'm asking this cow be born black. Please, God. I guarantee most of us in this room have never prayed for a black calf. But Jamie did because she's seven. Radical faith gets radical results. A couple weeks later, a little calf was born. It was not only solid black. I want to I want to show you a picture of this right between its eyes. What do you see? I'm going to show you a picture here on the screen. There's a big J for Jamie on the top of the calf there. <laughs> Guess what? She kept the calf. No water burger for you. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh come on! Ah. Oh. Just ruin the story, John. Just ruin it. Uh. I'll see you over here in a few minutes over at Whataburger. When you pray God-sized prayers, God shows up in a big way. He'll give you the desires of the heart. Are the dreams you've talked yourself out of, problems you're convinced that you'll never overcome? Can you imagine being like Jamie and taking the limits off? Sin limites. God is without boundaries. What if the only reason it's not happening is because you have not had the confidence to go to God and say, can I have the car keys? Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, it is the, the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It, it pleases God. Like when a, when a parent gives a child something and they see joy in their child's face, what do you think God sees when he blesses us? Ask a father, who would I rather bless than my own children? Ask a mother the same question. Who would I rather see increase and do great things than my own children? So God says the same thing. So I'm, I'm telling you today, please quit praying these weak, barely get by prayers. Your father in heaven owns it all. He created the whole universe. If you're going to see the fullness of what God has in store for you, you've got to learn to ask big. 
So I've been praying this week. I've been listening to my mom. I pray every day. God, take our ministry where it's never gone before. I pray, God, let our children supersede anything I've ever done. Those are prayers I've been praying in private, never told anybody in the world. The secret desires of my heart. If I told you, if you said, John, are you kidding? Do you really think that's going to happen? I want to tell you something. There's, or, you guys may think I'm crazy, and I'm okay with that. But you know that one day, this will be the door to our next sanctuary. Yeah. It's, it's already, this is going to be an oversized lobby. You're going to come in here, there's going to be coffee and couches, and you're going to lounge around and prepare yourself for an hour and a half sermon. <laughs> We've already designed this next sanctuary. It's already been designed. We've already got plans. I'm praying over it. Now, we've got to get over COVID and actually get people back in our building. But that'll happen. The truth is, some of our dreams may not come true, but I'm not going to let my lack of asking keep me from reaching my highest potential. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, you know, John, I had all this for you, but you never asked for it. You never prayed for it. You never expected it. You stayed in the safe zone. I wanted you in the faith zone. You're over in the safe zone. Some of you are quite familiar with the safe zone. You need to get in the faith zone. You prayed ordinary prayers. When I was at Christian summer camp, and this is 30 years ago too, and I met Renee for the first time, I prayed a bold prayer. This is what I prayed. God, please let her see how good looking I am. Please, Lord. <laughs> that was a joke. But I thought it. Seven years ago, we had a school that was floundering, losing money. It was a Mother's Day out, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 16 kids, wasn't going good. So I said, God, I see a school where we have 200 kids here. We actually built another building, which we did. God, when I first got to this church, you know what our total budget was? I was a little nervous. <laughs> our total budget. 167,000. That's a problem because I'm expensive. <laughs> I'm going to need some of that. Do you have enough to survive three months? Yes. Okay, let's go. Last year, we were $1.4 million. Seven years. So, hey, no, no. These are the, this is the doorway right here to our future. 400-seat venue, by the way. Pretty cool. I'll show you the plans if you want to see it. When I look back over my life, I wonder what would have not happened had I not been willing to pray and ask for big things. Maybe I would have never met Renee. Maybe I would, wouldn't be up here. In Psalms 31, it says, God has blessings stored up for those who ask it. Because you honor God, there are blessings right now that have your name on them, stored up. Businesses, ministries, books, movies, children, ideas. They have your name on them. God wants to release them to you. He's waiting for you to ask. God, can I have the car keys? Will you have the boldness to ask for things that even seem impossible? 
Do you remember our very first extreme Christmas? We, 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 we were dumb enough to call CPS and say, send us a list of kids and we'll get gifts for every kid at $50 a piece. I'm thinking they're going to send me like 10 kids. They come back with a list of 229 kids. And they're like, you promised. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> and I stood up before this church and said, hey, we need $20,000 for gifts. Boom. It was there because we were willing to ask. And the church responded. And it's responded that way for every Extreme Christmas project we've done. And of course, we're already working on the next one. Catherine called me in and showed me this project. And I'm like, huh? Once again, she's never afraid to ask big. I'm just like, just one year. Can you go small one year? Will you have the boldness to ask for things that seem impossible? It's good to ask for your needs, but I'm encouraging you to ask for your dreams, ask for your goals. I want to share with you a true story about a young mother. She and her family moved to New York City back in the 1960s from Puerto Rico. They were very poor. They lived in a rough neighborhood, government housing, drugs, gang, violence all around. At the age of nine, her young son was in a gang. Everybody knew. By the time he was 12, he was hooked on heroin. He'd already been arrested, involved in robbing, stealing, all kinds of things. Had a murder charge against him. He's 12. The mother was heartbroken. She couldn't control her son. She was a very small, petite woman. She spoke solamente espanol, only Spanish. But she was feisty. She had spirit. And one thing this mother knew how to do was to pray big prayers and so she prayed every day, seven days a week. Twice on Sunday, she'd go up to Little Storefront Church that was there in the projects, and, and with her sister and, and Victor's sister, she would pray for their son, Victor, who was lost. And she just didn't pray, God, keep him out of trouble, or God, help him straight out. She knew how to pray God-sized prayers like mothers do. And she said these words, when he's 12, hooked on heroin, God, I'm asking you to make my son a minister. Use him to touch people all over the world. Twelve years old, Victor would come home totally stoned. This mother would be in the kitchen waiting for him with her arms held open. She'd give him a hug and say, Victor, God's hands on your life. You have a destiny to fulfill. He's going to make you a minister. Now, how do you think he responded? <laughs> oh, yeah, see, see. No. She spoke faith into him. The more she prayed, it seemed like the more things got worse. His teacher at the school told the mother one day, your son's going to end up in prison or in the electric chair. She let those words go in one ear and out through the other. She kept praying month after month. It didn't look like anything was happening. But you know, God's always working. And there was a man who came to that New York City projects, a man who's an author and Christian author today named David Wilkerson. And he became a minister to the roughest of the rough on the streets. And one day, Victor ran into David Wilkerson, and David Wilkerson told that kid, you need God, and got a hold of that boy's heart. 
and he gave his life to Christ, and God set him free from drugs and from gangs and from violence. And today, Victor Torres is not only clean and sober, but he's also the pastor of a great church in Virginia, and he ministers especially to drug addicts and gang members and people who were irredeemably lost. He goes all over the world today telling what God has done for him. There's actually a movie made about his story. It's pretty incredible. But that was, that's all because there was a mother who was willing to pray God-sized prayers over his life. I thought about where Victor would be if this mother had not dared to pray those God-sized prayers. Maybe David Wilkerson would have never showed up. Maybe he'd be in penitentiary. Maybe he'd be dead. But when things looked impossible, when the odds were against her, every voice told her, everyone said, you're wasting your time, your son's lost, you're never going to get him back. She dug her heels in. She said, God, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. God, you promised it to David, and I'm bold enough to ask you to bring it to my son. See, most people would have prayed an ordinary prayer. Lord, just help my son get out of trouble. Three weeks ago, there was a young college student that came to Grace, and they were kind of getting ready to go to school out of, out, of, out of state, and she just finished her master's degree, and she's getting ready to do medical research, and she's a scientist. And I don't even know why I did it, but I just prayed over her. I said, Lord, help her find the cure for cancer. Let her do something outstanding with her life. And she stopped and looked up at me like, what? And I'm like, why not you? Why couldn't you do it? Well, what if it doesn't happen? Well, what if it does happen? You have not because you ask not. God is saying, ask me for some big things. I created the universe. I flung the stars in space. Quit asking me for a $2 raise. Dare to ask me not just to keep your children out of trouble. Ask me to do something with them through their lives. Ask me for cows with your initial on it. Ask me to turn around drug addicts. Ask me for children who will become history makers. Ask me to part the Red Seas, to bring water out of the rock, to show you the flood of my favor. God is saying, I dare you to stretch your faith, to get out of the, the safe zone into the faith zone. Take the limits off me. Pray God's Christ's prayers. This is all based upon my mom's letter, a blast from the past, 30 years ago. Her telling me these words. Are you still with me? Say Amen. Her telling me in her letter, John, don't ever settle for good enough. It's easy to think, well, my marriage is not what it should be. At least we're still together. It's good enough. I don't really like this job, but at least I'm employed. It helps pay the bills. It's good enough. I'd love to make A's in school, but I'm not that smart. So these C's are good enough. Man, I remember being in math class. Please, Lord, a C, please. <laughs> Too many people are living with things that are less than God's best. They've lost their passion. At one time, they had a big dream. They were excited about the future. Think about this. But the hits and bumps didn't happen on their timetable. They got discouraged. Thinking about it, it's never going to happen. I think about what I, where I was at 30 years ago thinking about ministry. Here's what I thought, everyone will love me. Go ahead and laugh. Go ahead. It's okay. Will Rogers once said, even if you're on the right track, 
If you just sit there, eventually you're going to get run over. (laughs) You are a child of the Most High. You are painted and created by someone greater than Pablo Picasso. So why would you be afraid to ask God for the car keys and the 30 bucks? You were created to excel, to live an abundant life. And just because you haven't seen what God has promised with you to come to pass doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Don't make the mistake of settling for good enough. Good enough is not anyone's destiny. It's been that way a long time. You're just coasting along thinking, well, what's the use? It's always going to be this way. No, you got to get your fire back. It's not over until God says it's over. And you've got to start believing again, dreaming again, start pursuing what God has put in your heart. And I want to close with this example. Are you still awake? Say amen. Because this is really important you hear this. So Jacob told me about a test he had last year at Texas A&M. Now, I've looked at Jacob's homework, and I'm pretty sure that uh, I prayed some God-sized brain power right into his head because I can't understand anything he's doing at school right now. Mechanical engineering, not for me. He's got a professor at Texas A&M. This is a major mechanical engineering class. He's about to pass out the final exam, most important test of the year, 50% of your grade. Before he did that, the professor told all the kids how proud he was of how hard they had worked all semester. And then he made them a special offer. Anyone that would like an automatic C on the test, just raise your hand and I'll give you a C. You don't even have to take the test. Jacob says one hand slowly went up, then another, and about half the students opted out of taking the final exam and they settled for a C. I said, Jacob, did you take the test? He said, of course, Dad. I said, you better. I'm paying good money. <laughs> I want you to do everything. So the professor said to everyone that took the C, you can leave the room now. So they got up and they left. He wrote down their names and they all got a C. So Jacob's just sitting there and the professor says, and now you can turn over your test. And he turns over the test, and it says on there that, congratulations, you just made an A. (laughs) Those who are willing to stay got the A. So many times we settle for a C, not realizing God has an A in our future. Oh, I don't think I'll ever get over this sickness. I'm just learning to live with it. Oh, I'll never get over. I can never lose weight. I'm just going to live with it. Or I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm just going to live with it. That's taking a C. You've got to change your thinking. God's going to restore health to me. God's going to give me the willpower. God's going to encourage me. I'm going to love exercise. I really wish exercise didn't require exercise, don't you? Dang it. Well, I'm getting up there in the years. You know how your health starts to go downhill, Pastor? No, that's taking a C. I'll never break this addiction. I've had it since high school. Another C. How about this one? John, this guy I'm dating, I know he's not good for me. He doesn't treat me right, but I may never meet anybody else, and I'm so scared of being alone. That's a big C. Borderline on a D. Actually, that's an F. 
God has an A, but you just keep taking the C. Yes, the C's are easier. You don't have to stretch. You don't have to get out of your comfort zone, but you'll never be truly fulfilled if the good news is God already has an A in your future. What if my son didn't think I would give him the car keys? What if he didn't think I would give him the money to go to the movies? God has the right person, successful career, health, wholeness. But don't take the easy way out. The A's are worth fighting for. I can't think of how much would be sadder than to come to the end of my life and have to wonder, what could I have had if I didn't settle for good enough? What could I have had if I didn't take so many C's, but instead, you know, just kept pushing forward to get those A's? What could have happened if I prayed some great big prayers for my life, for my children, for my family, for the church I serve? You may have taken some C's in the past, but today's a new day. This is the day God has made. You are a masterpiece. I know some of you are thinking. I know some of you think. Pay attention. Some of you are thinking, well, John, I'm married to C. Well, stick with him and make him an A. Don't look at your husband right now. That's a wrong time. <laughs> look straight ahead, ladies. <laughs> Think about this. You have God's breath within you. When God breathed his life into you, he put part of himself in you. You have the DNA of the almighty God. You are not created to be average or to just get by or struggle through and give me the C. God is sin limitis, without boundaries. Quit placing boundaries on God. Quit being afraid to ask for the car keys. You are created as the head, not the tail. You're equipped, you're empowered, fully loaded. God lives in a place greater than anything on Ocean Drive. So please, please, hear what my mom says to you today from 30 years ago. Make sure you pray God-sized prayers today and every day. Let's pray. Amen. God of grace, we just ask that you bless us with your courage and your spirit and the knowledge that we are your masterpiece, that you have formed us and fashioned us and made us to do great things. Lord, we confess that so often in our life we have settled for those seas. We have settled for not, not being what you called us to be, for just being good enough. Lord, today's a new day. And today we're going to let our hearts hear a lesson from 30 years ago written by a woman who loved you, God, with all of her heart and mind and soul. And I know, Lord, she's in heaven with you. And I know she's playing. So I give thanks, God, that you're a God that speaks into our hearts and our lives and says, remember what your mom has told you. And I give thanks, God, that you have encouraged me this week to be bold enough to ask for more than their car keys and 30 bucks. You've encouraged me not just to pray, get by prayers, but God-sized prayers. Lord, help us as a church to be that kind of people with God-sized faith and God-sized love and God-sized forgiveness and God-sized hope for people who think that they're lost and irredeemable and 
just an addict. No, that's not true. Lord, we remember how you've worked through other people. And that means you can work through us. We are your masterpiece. You have breathed your DNA into us. And your life lives in us. So, Father, help us to live out that faith each and every day. And we, we, we see a day, Lord, when we're in our 400-seat sanctuary, and these are the doors. And we ask for it. We will be able to touch this community with love and grace that welcomes everyone as we strive to welcome and love everyone. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who prayed God-sized prayers to change this world. And with a God-sized love, he climbed up on the cross and paid the ultimate price so that we might have an abundant life, not a, not a just-get-me-by kind of life, not, not for a C, but for an A. So, Father, help us as we pray now the prayer he taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I this kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Grace Presbyterian Church. We hope and we trust that this message was a blessing and gave you much encouragement as you face today. At Grace Presbyterian Church, we are a church family that welcomes everyone who welcomes everyone, and we would love to welcome you. So please join us either online or in person. You'll find a community that loves God and loves each other, and we are blessed by other people joining us. So please come and join us at Grace Presbyterian Church.